sounds just a little bit more upbeat, which is nice. So firstly, welcome if you're joining us for the first time this morning. If our wonderful welcome team haven't managed to catch you on the way in, please do see one of them. They'll have these lovely welcome packs. They also have them on the table to the side. Our welcome team are in very bright yellow t-shirts. Um, so do go find them, introduce yourself um, if they've not managed to catch you already. If you do have any contributions this morning, it'd be really helpful if you could come find Sean, who's responsible elder, and myself at the front. This is just so everybody can hear you um, and what you're bringing. And if you have any children, um, it's important that if they're um, from naught to year six, that you go down with them and register them. Um, so that'd be really great. And I'm gonna hand over to Nathan, who's gonna lead us in a time of worship. Wonderful, good morning, everyone. Happy Sunday. Let's uh, stand to our feet. I was reminded of these verses in Ephesians 1 this morning. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. wonder how you're feeling this morning whether you're feeling excited or feeling just like there's lots of things going on in your life or whether there's sadness that's come or however we're feeling, you have been blessed. You have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. We have a wonderful Father, we have a wonderful Saviour, and we have a wonderful Holy Spirit who's with us. We're going to start by singing, just praise the Father. This is amazing grace. 
Thank you, Lord, that you are here with us this morning as we gather together to worship your name. We thank you that you're very present here with us. Thank you that you want to come and speak to us. Thank you that you want to come and lead us this morning. You're worthy, Lord. Oh, 
has the power to raise the dead and who can save us from our sin he is our hope our righteousness jesus only jesus who can Jesus, we worship you. The only name we worship you. We pray for our children that they would know you 
as the only name, the only name that can save, the name above all other names. We pray as they uh, go downstairs now, we pray that they would be blessed, that they would meet with you, mighty God. Speak to them, we pray, in Jesus' name. Children and parents, please head downstairs. Have a great morning together. Parents, if you're staying, parents, if you're coming back, have a great morning back up here.
worthy isn't he he's worthy of all praise and thanks and adoration Jesus is seated on the throne all power all authority is his he's the name above all names we can bring everything to him why don't we just do that right now Whatever you've come in with this morning, whatever happened, has happened this week, just bring it to the throne of Jesus. Say, Jesus, you're the name above all names. You're the king. And just lay it down before him. Jesus, you are worthy. Worthy to receive all praise, honor, glory, and thanks.
Before. 
We come to a God who is not powerless. We come to a king who has power, who can make things happen, who can bend the rules on our behalf, who isn't limited by the laws that he has created. We come to a ruler who really rules. We come to a father who loves us. We come to a father who knows us, knows us through and through, who reaches down and lifts us up. His son lifts us up into heavenly places to see things from his perspective. This is the God we come to. Thank you, Christine. Um, I also felt, you know, this was a point to dwell on, really. Numbers 23, verse 19 says, God is not human that he should lie, nor a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? And I think it's a good reminder that our God is faithful in all things. We can trust him. What he has promised, he will fulfill. He won't go back on his promises. He won't leave us or forsake us. Maybe life's been tough this last week, months, years. You can trust God. Maybe it's easy. Still trust God. He is there with you in all areas and at all times of our lives. I think it's just good to pause. Actually, maybe there's things that we do need to just hand over to God. Again, I was reminded as we were praying earlier about maybe we've come in with a load of baggage. We need to leave it at the f his feet and not take it away with us. And so I'm just going to leave just a, a moment. Maybe there's something that you've brought in with you that you need to leave at the feet of Jesus this morning and just... You can pray that silently in your heart. I want to leave this, Lord. I want to trust you in it and know that you are in full control. Let's just pause. Lord, thank you that you are faithful, that we can trust you, and that you are more than able, more than capable, doing all that you have set out to do in our lives, Lord. Help us to trust you, I pray. Amen. Okay, so we're, get, we're continuing with our gift week uh, this week. It's drawing to an end. You may remember that last week Nathan, uh, as it were, kicked off the gift week, and you've probably noticed there's a basket at either end, and definitely would have noticed that there's a been an envelope on your seat. If you didn't notice, stand up, you'll find one there. Um, so as a church, God provides all the money for this church through us. We don't get it from outside sources. God provides what we need through our giving. And twice a year, we have a, a gift week, an opportunity to give financially to the work of the church. 
And uh, this time round, uh, the money is being divided three ways. It's a little complicated, but we've got this wonderful building. And when we bought it, we had a mortgage on it over 1.8 million. It's a lot of money. We now only owe 180,000 pounds, praise God. Which is fantastic. And so some of the money that we give to the gift week this week, 65% of it will be going to continue to pay off the mortgage on this building, which is a, a wonderful uh, resource for us as a church, but also as a community as we open our doors to uh, thousands of people a month that come in and use this place. We're giving, going to allocate 25% of the gift week to uh, what could be called a sinking fund. It's a, a fund uh, that allows for the paying uh, for one-off items within the building that break down or um, comes to the end of their life. Things like boilers or heating pumps, which cost uh, thousands of pounds. And so part of what we're giving will go to a fund to cover those items. And then finally, there's a 10% left, which will be going towards international mission. And uh, some of which will be going to uh, Kate Tolhurst, many of you know, who uh, um, is in Uganda. Uh, the envelopes, I hope, are fairly self-explanatory, but uh, you can uh, fill them in and uh, pop them in the baskets in a moment. We're going to continue our worship time and uh, just have a read through on there. If you are a taxpayer, please uh, fill in your tax details if you haven't done so already so that we can claim money back from the government. Okay, so we're going to continue to worship and during this time, if you'd like to pop your uh, envelope in the basket, once you've filled it out, that'd be fantastic. So I'm going to hand back to Nathan, and then after that, Helen's going to come and introduce our guest speaker. Great, let's stand to our feet. We're going to sing, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. For your mercy never fails me. Running after, it's running after you. Your goodness is running. 
Thank you, band. Morning, everyone. It's my privilege to introduce Simon. He's looking a bit worried. <laughs> Karen said, do you know you're doing this? I said, yes. Um, just reflecting on that song, God's faithfulness, the first thing I want to say is um, how thankful um, I am for the children and youth work. I get a bit emotional when I talk about this. In this church, I came to the church when I was 15, invited by some friends into the youth. And there are people sitting back there who I was in the youth with and who were my leaders. Doesn't that make you feel old? <laughs> and Simon came to Alton um, in 1990. He's a year below me in school, but we were at Alton College together for one year. Then we both, uh, I went off to uni, Simon went off to uni, um, but he was in Alton for six years. And we came through the, the youth here and the faithfulness of leaders and the faithfulness of God um, has has it had an influence on the people that we've become and the journeys that we've... Sorry, I feel so emotional. Um, I often feel emotional when I talk about the youth work and the kids' work here because it is such a blessing. And um, I know the guys are downstairs working, but there's plenty of people sitting up here who've been involved in the youth work over the years. So praise God for you and thank God for you. So Simon <laughs> is uh, living in Salisbury. He uh, has been an elder for 18 years at Grace Church in, in Salisbury and was the lead elder for 10 years. Um, he's currently stepped down from leadership and, um, and that's all good. He's looking for what uh, God has next, he and Sam, in their lives and where he's going to lead them. So I'm so, so grateful to you guys for coming to share with us. He is a very talented chap speaker, leader, and um, yeah, thank you so much for joining. He said, don't big me up, but I feel like, I feel like we're so blessed to have you guys with us this morning, so thank you, and um, yeah, we look forward to what you're going to share with us. Thank you, Helen. I can't wait to hear myself speak after that. <laughs> Goodness me. Wow. Um, and uh, Helen stole a little bit of my, of my thunder um, in... in in that I was going to say something very similar. So I moved here uh, with my parents uh, when I was 16. And uh, we lived in Wentworth Gardens, if you know Wentworth Gardens, off Greenfield by um, Flood Meadows. And went to Olsen College. And uh, Steve Miller, I don't know if Steve is here or is around, but he was my... Oh, Steve, there's Steve. Hi, Steve. <laughs> Steve was my geography teacher. And, 
and got me a much better mark than I deserve. So Steve, uh, amazingly, and um, I'm so grateful for, as I see the burrows there, Chris looking young as ever, <laughs> and uh, wonderful just to see some familiar faces. It's been many, many years since I was here, but you know, churches, and this church is no different, goes through all ups and downs and encouragements and discouragements, but God is faithful. And uh, just last weekend, I met up with, with three friends that are scattered around the country in Birmingham, Liverpool, on the East Coast, um, that I made friends with in this church, James, Mark, uh, and Ben, if you know those guys, some of you. And we meet up every year, and I'm just so grateful for what God... I was baptised here in this church when it was called AEFC a long time ago, up, up the road. And so I'm so grateful to all that God's done. So I know every... Every visitor speaker says, says it's a privilege and a joy to be here, don't they? No one comes and says, well, it's a real drudgery to be here. But, but I really mean it. It's a genuine joy uh, to be with you this morning. And, and a real joy to be in the Psalms. And uh, I, I got to see the preaching schedule, I think, fairly early and got to pick Psalm 23. Uh, probably the most famous of all Psalms. So if you've got a Bible, uh, please do turn to Psalm 23. Uh, we're going to read it together. Um, but partly so you concentrate and partly because I want to make a point a bit later in the sermon we're going to do something as I read it I want you to notice this is a psalm that's written by David who was a shepherd as in, as in David and Goliath and King David one of the great characters of the Old Testament this was a very personal psalm to him uh, he saw himself as a shepherd but also as a sheep and he saw God as the great shepherd and if you're a Christian here this morning, the Bible says you're a sheep and, and Jesus is your shepherd. And yes, it's wonderful to be part of something big, whether that's a church or the global Christianity, but also Christianity is personal. And I want you to notice how personal this psalm is. And so as I read it, I wonder whether if you're in this part of the auditorium, so all you, all you guys there, I wonder if you can count how many times the word my comes up. Okay, so get your, your fingers, maybe your toes out, and you count how many times the word my is in this psalm. Uh, if you're in the middle, could I ask you to count how many times the word me comes up in, the particular, in, this, in this scripture? Uh, and, and you guys have probably got the easiest job. Can you count how many times I? Is that all right? So as I go through, use your, write it down or use your fingers, get your toes out, whatever you need to do, uh, and count what it says. So here we go. It's a familiar psalm, but it's a wonderful wonderful psalm here we go uh, i'm just going to pause a little bit over verse one i'm not going to do that right the way through but just so you know so it says the lord is my shepherd so there's one for my i lack nothing so let's just pause there in your bible and, and hopefully up there you'll see lord is in capital letters that signifies the word yahweh it it, it talks of the creator God, the majestic God, the, the God of Abraham, the God of Moses, the God who turns up at the burning bush for Moses, the God of Noah, the God of the Old Testament, the God of all the ages, this mighty, majestic, wonderful, holy, glorious God, David is saying that that God is his shepherd. He says he lacks nothing. That doesn't, as we go through that, that doesn't mean that God's going to give you a Ferrari. It doesn't mean you've got everything that you might want, but it means everything that you need in God, you have through this wonderful shepherd. 
So, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. These are all things that this shepherd does to David and to us. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, you might be walking through a dark valley this morning, then Psalm 23 is for you. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love or goodness and mercy will follow me or pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the word of God that sits over us in authority over us. Thank you that it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the words that David penned here about his intimate relationship with this wonderful shepherd. And I pray that you would speak to us, you'd encourage us, you'd comfort us, you'd guide us, you'd speak to us, you'd reveal to us uh, this morning that you would do us good as we sit under your word. We pray for your name's sake and for our good and for the good of this town, we pray. Amen. Amen. So wonderful psalm, very, very familiar. I'm just going to put out a handful. There's so much I could draw upon. Um, but the first thing I want to say, what does this shepherd do? Well, he guides his sheep. He, 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 he's one who guides. He, do you know sheep need leading and they need guiding? Left to their own devices, they get into chaos. Left into own devices, there's disease or they don't eat or they get stuck up on rock or they end up back to front or, and unable to get up on their, on their feet themselves. And the Bible says we're like sheep. Maybe not the most kind of animal that we necessarily want to be attributed to or likened to, but the Bible says that we're like sheep. We've gone astray. And so we need a shepherd. And I want to ask at the beginning of this uh, talk, I want you to be honest now. We're in church, okay, so you can be honest. How many of you have ever felt tired or jaded or weary or discouraged or distressed or confused or needing wisdom or needing healing hands up if you've ever felt any of those things okay i think that's most of us if you've not put your hand up come and see me afterwards i'd love to know what you're pressing into but that is being human all of us feel those things at one point or another maybe you're feeling those right now and that is why psalm 23 is so comforting and encouraging. It points to the fact that we need a shepherd. And he guides us. Verse 2 says, he leads us besides quiet waters. Verse 3, he guides me along the right path. Do you know that this wonderful shepherd, Yahweh, he knows you, he loves you, and he's for you. Let's, let's see if you were counting well. How many, now what did you have? How many mys did you count here? Six. Excellent. I got six as well. Good, good, good. Excellent. And how many me's did you get? Seven. Seven. Excellent. It's like being at school, isn't it? And how many, how many eyes did we get over here? Four. Good. Not so confident, but you got four. Exactly. That's exactly what I got. 
depending on what translation. So we've got six mys, seven me's, four eyes. We've got 17 times in these six short verses, David saying, hey, this is personal. This isn't just academic. This isn't, isn't for other people. This is for me. And, and do you know David's story? You'll know some of the highs. David's saying, the Lord is my shepherd in the high moments, in the Goliath moments, in, in moments of great victory when the Goliath comes tumbling down and, and the Israelites are singing about David's greatness and there's great victory and breakthrough. The Lord is my shepherd, David says, in that moment. But he also knows great lows. He knows the death of a child. He knows family rebellion. He even knows his own sin. If you read Psalm 51. And David is saying, in the good times and in the bad times, the Lord isn't just your shepherd, he's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. He's my Lord. He's my saviour. He guides us personally. You know, we've gone through quite a change in this last kind of year, really, myself and Sam. As Helen said, uh, I led the church at Salisbury for, for many years and uh, enjoyed doing that, but was increasingly feeling like, I just think this season might be coming to an end. And uh, just sensing that, you know, when God just starts to speak and you just think, well, I don't want to rush into anything, but I'm just feeling like, oh, I think this season might be coming to an end and spoke to some of the team and... Andrew, actually, who leads this church, who oversees our church, and said, oh, this is what I'm feeling in God. And uh, took a step back from that. But it was obviously a huge decision. I've done it for many years. And it was a long time since I had a proper job. And so I was thinking, would I ever get another job again? And uh, as I was distributing my CV, I had recruitment consultants saying, you've got a decade missing on your CV. I mean, I haven't got it missing. I was leading a church. But God was guiding us, and God was ever so faithful. And uh, we feel at peace about it, and I've got a job that I really enjoy. And so we've known the guidance of God, and I bet if we went around this auditorium, you too would know the guidance of God in big matters and in small matters. He's a shepherd who guides. He's a shepherd who says, trust me and obey me, even if we can't see exactly the final path. It's also interesting that this shepherd does all these things. He guides, he protects, he provides for his glory. If you read verse 2, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Did you know that God is at work in your life to bless you? Yes, but actually even more than that, for his name's sake, for his glory. Do you know that God is sovereign and he's working out his purposes even when we don't know what is going on? John Piper says this, God is always doing 10,000 things in your life and you may be aware of three of them. He's at work for his name's sake, for his glory and our goods. And he invites us into his story. I, I, I believe that one of the reasons that our world is somewhat kind of twisted and distorted and anxious 
is because we put ourselves at the, at the centre of the story. Actually, Jesus is at the centre of the story, and he invites us into his story. That leads to peace and purpose. We don't have to strive. We don't have to get our identity through what we do, because he invites us into his story. All for his glory. And even when we wander off, even when we get restless, he's there for us. Which leads me on to my next point, <clears throat> that God himself <clears throat> excuse me, is with us. Even though I walk, verse 4, through the darkest valley. I love the Bible. I love God's honesty. If you or me just wrote the Bible in our own strength, we wouldn't include things like this. If I wrote the Bible, there'd be no dark valleys. Well, we don't, you know, that'll get people down. We don't want dark valleys. But God speaks truth. And God knows there are dark valleys. And he's with us in the highs and he's with us in the lows. In fact, Jesus said to his disciples, in this life you will have trouble. That's like a promise. Probably not many of us have got that on our fridges at home. You will have trouble. He goes on to say, but I'll give you peace. But he's realistic. There's trouble this side of glory. But I will fear no evil, David says, for you are with me. Hands up if you've ever been through a storm or ever been in a valley and God's presence has been with you. Maybe extra specially in a way that's intangible and difficult to describe, but you know God has been with you. Do you know Jesus was forsaken on the cross so you and I would never need to be forsaken? He cried out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And if you know Jesus, he will never forsake you. He's closer than a brother. He will draw near to you, especially in the valley. Some of you might be old enough to remember the 1992 Olympics. Can anyone remember the 1992 Olympics in Barcelona, I believe? Uh, they were. Chris, you can definitely remember. I know you will. And uh, there was a guy that was running for Great Britain called Derek Redmond. And he was one of the favourites in the 400 metres. And he set off and he was doing great for about 100 metres. He's running at full power and all of a sudden he pulls up. His hamstring has gone. Years of preparation have gone into those 50 seconds running that 400 metres suddenly completely blown as his hamstring gives way. Pain is etched on his face, I guess physical pain, but more emotional pain. And then this incredible thing happens. He obviously decides that I want to finish this race. And so he's hobbling around the, around the, the what do you call it? Track. I was going to say course. That's not right. Around the track. And it's not a pitch. So he's hobbling around the track. He's got pain, he's crying, and everyone by now has finished, and the crowd is starting to cheer, but you see, this is a desperate moment. And then the camera, you can, you can see there's some commotion in the crowd. And this big guy is starting to make his way and push his way through the crowd and on to the track. And the stewards try to sort of, no, get off, get off, and he's a big guy, he almost pushes him out the way. And he runs up to Derek Reverend, and he puts his arm around him, and they start walking together, he's hobbling, 
and he's helping Derek Redmond. It's Derek Redmond's dad. He's come out of the crowd. He's put his arm around him, and they're going to do this together. That gives a little glimpse of what our great shepherd does when we're in the valley. He doesn't stand in the crowd just looking. He gets down. He runs up to us. He puts his arm around us. He comforts us. He provides for us. He says, I will be with you. He doesn't promise to change the circumstances necessarily, but he says, I will be with you. I'll be closer than a brother. And we've known now, I haven't got time to share the whole story, but our daughter which was potentially quite ill when she was 10. She's, she's older now. How old is she? 20. She's 20 now. She's definitely 20. I knew that. She's not 21 yet. She's 20. And she was really potentially quite ill. And we went into this scan, I remember, in Bournemouth Hospital. And, and the guy says to her, you know, brace yourself. She, it might be a tumour. And we're like, oh, Lord. And by God's grace, it wasn't. But I tell you, we knew two things at that time. We knew the prayers of the saints, and we knew God's presence. In the valley, if you're in a valley this morning, you claim this. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, two tools of the shepherd that are there to, to feign off Get, get rid of danger and to comfort and strengthen. And I think the most glorious thing about Psalm 23, it's about the Lord Yahweh, but it's also about Jesus. Jesus comes, let me read it to you quickly, in John 4. And in a twist that no one saw, <clears throat> no one could have predicted, Jesus came as a, as a lamb. John the Baptist says, here comes the Lamb of God, takes away the sin of the world. He came as humbly as a lamb, but he also came as a shepherd. And he says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And just as the Father knows me, I now know the Father and I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus is the good shepherd. He's called the great shepherd in Hebrews, the chief shepherd in 1 Peter 5. He's the personification. He's the one who steps out the crowd. He's the one who took on flesh and bone. He's the one who walked in our shoes, as it were. He's the one that's been in the valley. He's the one that draws alongside us. Jesus, our great shepherd, our good shepherd. Every other religion points to the answer. Christianity says, no, Jesus is the answer he's the answer and finally and we sung about this just a minute ago we're going to jump on to verse six so surely your goodness and love or goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and that word follow really means pursue have you, have you ever had the dream where someone's chasing you no just me <laughs> Okay, maybe I need some prayer afterwards. Never had the check where like someone's and you wake up and like, <gasps> it's not like that, okay? It's, it's God pursuing his sheep. A bit like it in Luke 15, where the sheep wanders off and Jesus, the good shepherd, leaves the 99 and goes pursuing after the one. If you're a Christian this morning, it's because God has, through Jesus, has pursued you. 
If you don't know Jesus this morning, he's, he's, he wants you to come into his family. He wants you to give him your baggage of your life, your sin. And he wants to give you forgiveness and joy in return. And then what happens in the Christian life is that these two things, goodness and mercy, pursue us. Some of you might be running from God this morning, but he's a faster runner. He's, he, he's pursuing you with goodness and mercy and love. Robert Morris put it this way. He said, the secret of loving Jesus is knowing that you're loved. Do you know this morning you are loved? You, I think someone read it, didn't they? Ephesians 1 verse 4. He called you before the creation of the world to be his. He loves you. He's pursuing you. And he's pursuing you with goodness and mercy. Goodness. Every, do you know every good gift you've got comes from God. Can I give you a little tip? I sometimes try and do this. If I'm feeling a bit anxious or I'm feeling a bit worried, I try and name as many blessings as I can and just thank God for them. From the air that I breathe to my salvation, to food, to family, I tell you, you'll soon rack up a lot of things to be grateful for. What? That's God's goodness and his mercy. He's been so merciful to you. He took the punishment of God that you might go free. He took the wrath of God that you might know the genuine love of God. He was abandoned so that you could be adopted into his family. He's been so merciful to you. And let me just say this. God loves you right now. He doesn't just love a future version of you. He doesn't just love you when you've got that habit sorted out. He doesn't love you when you start serving in a such a way. He doesn't love you when you can get free of a certain stronghold. He loves you now, not just a future version of you. Now, he loves you enough not just leave you where you are and keep working in your life, but he loves you now. Sometimes we can work for his approval, but he, you've got his approval through Jesus Christ. The good shepherd has laid his life down, so now because you're in Christ, if you're a Christian, he approves of you. So you work from approval rather than for approval. That is a game changer if we can get that into our hearts and minds. That relieves the pressure so much. Okay, I'm running out of time. Last point. Did I say the last point was the last point? I did, I did. Hey, Paul does that in his letters, by the way, if you read them. He does that. He says, finally, and he's still got another two chapters. You're like, come on, Paul. Anyway, it's the last thing says, dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let, let me read Revelation 7, 17. Because this psalm is both for now, for this life, but it also points to the future life. Revelation 7, 17. For the Lamb... That's Jesus. At the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is talking what it's going to be like in the new heavens and new earth. Jesus, the great shepherd, will wipe away every tear. There'll be no depression. There'll be no doctors. Well, unless they're saved. You know what I'm saying. There'll be no, no need for any medicine. There'll be no hospitals. 
There'll be no cancer. There'll be no waiting lists. There'll be no cancellations. There'll be no worrying about children. There'll be no worrying about older parents. There'll be no financial concerns. He will wipe away every tear. That's where history is going. Amongst the turbulence of this world, we can know the peace that the Good Shepherd brings. In the valley, we can know that. We can know it at all times. Some of you uh, would have heard of the name Tim Keller, who is a very prominent author and preacher, and uh, I suspect you've even got books of his around somewhere. And uh, he was 72 years old and on Friday died and went to be with the Lord after a three or four year, I believe, maybe a little bit longer, uh, battle with uh, pancreatitis, uh, pancreatic cancer, sorry. And his son put this on Facebook on Thursday, 24 hours before he died. His dad had said this, I'm thankful for the time God has given me, but I'm ready to see Jesus. I can't wait to see Jesus. All the books, all the sermons, the sort of whatever, I want to see Jesus. I want to see my good shepherd. That, my friends, if you're a believer, is where we're going. (laughs) To see the good shepherd. We will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 10,000 years. No, no, no. Forever. For all eternity. I don't know exactly what heaven's going to be like. There'll be a new heaven and a new earth, but I know Jesus will be the centre. And there'll be no tears, and it'll be amazing. But the main thing will be Jesus will be there. The good shepherd will be there. So this is what I want us to do. If this morning you know that you need comfort and encouragement from the good shepherd today. I don't know your circumstances. I don't know most of you. Maybe there's anxiety. Maybe there's depression. Maybe there's something that's weighing heavily on you. Maybe you need guidance. Maybe you need direction. I don't know what it is for you. But if you know that you need the comfort and encouragement of the good shepherd this morning, I want to encourage you. Could you stand? Because I'd like us to pray. Let's just be before the Lord. Maybe just, um, if you're comfortable, just close your eyes. I, w- I want to pray and uh, maybe, uh, could we maybe sing that goodness of God song again? That'd be wonderful. Thank you, Nathan. Let's just be before God. Father, we welcome just again your Holy Spirit. We thank you for precious people that you love. We thank you, each one made in your image and likeness. A a, a sheep, as it were, that you love, that you pursue. And I want to ask now that you'd bring your comfort and your encouragement both into situations and into hearts and minds. Bring your peace, I pray right now. Bring the peace of God that transcends all understanding. Thank you for the personal nature of the good shepherd i pray each one standing just knows the personal touch of the good shepherd whatever it is they need lord thank you that you are sufficient 
Thank you that your promises say you will never leave them nor forsake them. That you're with them in the valley. That you will provide. Thank you that you love everyone, not just in the future, but right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Others, you might be here this morning, you don't know the Good Shepherd. He calls out to you. He says, put your trust in me. I love you. I've laid my life down. I've taken on all your burdens, all your sin. I've died upon the cross. I've rose again three days later. I'm alive. I want to meet with you. I want to walk with you. I want to encounter you. That's you this morning. I'm sure there'll be many people that will be very, very happy to chat to you afterwards. But why don't we all stand and why don't we declare this song, the truth of this song about the goodness of God. And I believe those that stand, God will continue to minister just as we sing. So let's sing. Thanks, mate.
joining us for the first time this morning it'd be great if you could fill out your connect card um, and just pop it over there um, this evening we have encounter night 7 30 here just a great time to spend in worship with god and each other coffee morning uh, just a note that the day is changing to the wednesday the 24th of this month not the thursday so make sure you turn up on the right day um, there is some amazing homemade cake, I'm told, so enjoy that. And if you are a parent, please go collect your child um, and do thank our children's workers downstairs. And I hope you'll enjoy the rest of the day and the sunshine. <laughs> 